a cop The blues quadrupled up, the block is high Shit, this how they chose to use the guap With this amount of human laws Could've been for schools or parks Coats in the winter and the summer Something to cool them off Food or warmth Cause once the leaves on the trees start falling off People gon' need heat to keep their ears from falling off Temperature dropped and back up to the top From the deepest BK block Back up to the Bronx What you wanna hurry back for? Ain't journey that far? No, not getting off to the very last star <laughs> The that repair is lost, the air is mad hot I be mixing, quickly staring off Bearing mad grog Should be busy with them scary thoughts Fear to ask God right. We are back and this week we are the axis of evil. Quentin, I wonder, how are you doing this evening? And do you fully get that that name for this episode? Um, I'm alright. Uh, my tattoo itches. That's about it for me on my side of things. I assume this is I assume this is a evil from New Japan thing. Well, I'm not sure. Partially. The other part is the biggest news story to me, the one that I want to talk about the most and bring up to you, is uh, <laughs> the member of Axis uh, announcing uh, Nakajima leaving oh, Noah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Nakajima taking off from Noah here. Um. Seems insane to me and makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, that is, yeah, that's kind of, that's, it's fine because like the times in which you've seen Nakajima outside of Noah, we, we, I mean, we, I know we kind of got to go as far back as to his G1 appearance in 2016, but he was really good. He was really good. And in a lot of people's eyes, he's only gotten better since then. So I get it and I do think there's some interesting stuff for him there, but at the, like at the same time, like trying to leave and go do AEW or WWE at this point in your career, especially WWE, is like very, very misguided. <laughs> like yeah. I think I think I think both are severely misguided, but especially the WWE one at this point in time is just like a really, really misguided thing. I just, I really, I don't know. I mean, you know, the the context is whatever. And I guess like it's a fair enough to say this way, that way, whatever. But like, to me, I just don't really see New Japan feeling the need or wanting Nakajima at this time on their roster when they had, they had the option of having Shibata and they've kind of chose not to. And that's why I say, like, I don't know, like, it's a trade-off, whatever, this and that. But I just don't see, if you had the ability to have Shibata on your roster and have basically decided against it, and you could say for health reasons, whatever, but, I mean, he's cleared enough to where he's wrestling in AEW. Like, what what are you really getting from Nakajima that's, you know, that much better or different than you could be getting from Shibata and they chose not to? You know what I mean? It just feels like that's a role that they're not interested in. Yeah, that's you know you're totally, you're totally right. Maybe they don't didn't necessarily want to be attached to the health to, to the health health uh, risks of of Shibata. You could you could try to say, but still though, it just seems like a role in 2023 that they don't seem super interested in. 
Like even like if Ren Narita is supposed to be like the newer version of that, it just seems like they. It, it, it seems like there is not their thing. It's just not their thing right now. Yeah, and then I was I was trying to think like, oh, you know, the the connections, and there was just recently the Keno or not Keno, the Kento Miyahara match, and the idea that they're on ter- on speaking terms or whatever to where you can actually have those two. And I was like, okay, well, like, yeah, where, you know, where would that make sense then for Nakajima to go where Kento is? And then I was like, Kento's been doing stuff in Noah. Like, yes, he's all Japan and yeah, he's done stuff in Glee, but he's also done stuff in Noah. So it's like, why even leave? Like, why is he leaving Noah? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. It really does not. Like, I just, I don't get this one. It seems like weird timing. Um, I don't think he's a good fit for AEW at all. I don't think WWE with them just releasing a ton of people, like why would Nakajima be on their radar? Um, So, yeah. Yeah, if like Kushida didn't work there, I'm like, I'm not sure why you would, but like, I like I like him and like is like yeah, nothing against him as a wrestler is just again like just the way things are set up right now is just doesn't make a ton of sense. So hope I hope he gets what he's looking for and hope he gets like you know satisfied in wrestling and I want him to like be enjoy enjoy what he's doing. But I don't I, I don't get it. Yeah, and it's like okay, DDT maybe, but that's like they're a parent in the same company, so it wouldn't need to be this big of a split. You could look at Gleet and say, yes, he would fit in to the Gleet style. But, I mean, Gleet just had a Kota Ibushi main evented show and they couldn't really do much with that. Like, do they are they going to do, you know, really start popping houses with Nakajima? Like, I don't think so. Like, you know, that's part of it. Like you said, nothing against the guy. Big fan of his wrestling. Absolutely think that he's fantastic, but just don't really see like the spot for him, you know where uh where he makes sense outside of noah at this point but i don't know dragon gate you think a nakajima could go back to dragon gate at this point and and fit in there could they use him uh sure i think so i think that like especially like when when uh we talked about doi when, when we talked about ddt and like how doi just just kind of he's still in dragon gate but not in a role of any importance he's just kind of there but if you like replace doy in terms of like that like reliable heel figure in the company that like shithead role and replace him and like try to like fulfill that with nakajima i think i think i think you could get i think you could get something out of that but even but even still though it's like is that is that exactly what he's looking for i don't know so he's still like a pretty young guy for like how long he's been in wrestling like so he has plenty to like left to give depending on like how he like where he's at physically but yeah it's as much as I like Nakajima, I saw that and I was like, I don't really understand what you want here, man. Yeah, and even even if we agree that like he could fit into Dragon Gate, do they have you know do they have the the cap? Do they have the money to be wanting to bring in someone like that? Would he really be doing be better off there than he would be staying in Noah? Probably not. Is it not a choice? Is Noah kind of gently pushing him out? That would be. I guess yeah. that could be possible. Yeah, but if that's the case, why would you? Why would you just not like not announce going like freelance? I guess I don't know. Right. Like, you could, like, you yeah, could just exactly. do, like the freelance thing and be like, 
you know, like have a run somewhere and do whatever. I, I don't, I don't know. So I like him. I want to see him do. Uh, I want to see, see him have cool matches. So like, if I can get Nakajima versus like fucking Abe or Nomura or Yuya Aoki or some shit like that, then like, all right, that's cool. Well, other 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 than that, I'm like, I don't really understand. So hopefully we get some cool stuff out of it. Right. Yeah, I heard like a comparison, like, oh, you know, Nakajima could go to New Japan and be, you know, treated like a slightly better version of Shingo when he came in. And I just I don't even see how that makes sense, really. No, like, it's, I, it's, 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 again, Nakajima's good. It's just. Yeah, he's not he's not that. <laughs> no, he's really not like Shingo felt undeniable, like, oh, he comes into New Japan, no matter how they slot him, he's going to, you know, rise to the top of the card. But Nakajima, I just don't, I just don't have that same feeling at all. Um, and, and the idea that he would be presented stronger for some reason. I guess maybe you could argue that he's been in the G1 before, so he would come in automatically presented as a heavyweight. But I think that that's a really small, you know, b- small difference maker in the quality of how he would be presented. So either way. All right, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Do you yeah. want to talk about the Jade thing, or um, I mean, sure, we could talk about AEW in general, and Jade is definitely a good kickoff there. I think. Um, maybe talk about the WWE, all the releases, all the talent, and everything that's going on there. I mean, kind of what you would predict. I think the the talent cuts were a little bit more severe than I would have predicted, but still, um, there's some you know some interesting ones there. Nothing too out of the, you know, out of the ordinary question. Really, I mean, the biggest thing is just seeing kind of the the difference in philosophy in what's possibly going to be this TKO group and especially like looking at a bottom line and but also still being somewhat strategic because everyone that they cut is like not someone that you could even imagine being a difference maker for an AEW right like I don't think that they cut anybody who I say that's a guy that AEW needs to sign and will make a difference for them day one you know they're 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 being strategic on cutting people that there's just not a lot there and especially not a lot there for for an AEW what did you kind of think about all that yeah I one it's like I'm 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 always fine with kind of like 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 scooping up whatever like good whatever good town is available, but it's definitely no one that's worth doing that for right now. I mean like, I don't I doubt that AEW should be doing anything like trying to bring on Elias like that's not anything that they should right. be doing right now. And I mean like we can talk about more about this person. We also don't have to, but like I. If you hired Matt Riddle, like, right? Yeah, like yeah, that is you have you like you are doing some very 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 dumb things, especially after you got rid of CM Punk for the reasons you got rid of him. Right. Like, I mean, oh, go ahead. No, I, was, I was just gonna say, like, if, if you're getting rid of like you know CM like CM Punk for like. The aggressions and antagonisms and like volatility that you got rid of him for, and then you like look at the landscape and Matt Riddle's there, and you're thinking about pulling the Matt Riddle trigger, like I'm like uh okay oh yeah man you're not you're not thinking very clearly, 
No. Um, I would say, you know, you could maybe point to a Soraya and say like a similar, like she was a culturally toxic in a way that I think was probably a, a questionable signing in a lot of ways. In a similar way to Riddle, Riddle obviously much worse um, just because of, you know, the accusations that he also has. Being a rapist? Um, yeah, being a rapist I yeah. guess, is a way to say that. Um, yeah, so, you know, but you do have, you know, you've got Soraya basically on the record defending similar, act, you know, actions and stuff like that and being a victim of, of other issues and things as well. But just like I said, a lot of negative baggage, a lot of stuff like that with her that felt like, why would you even try this? And you really haven't gotten any blowback on that side of things. You definitely get a lot of people who are negative towards her, even now as the champion. Um, but yeah, I think Riddle, Riddle's obviously way, way worse. Yeah, Riddle's, not... Riddle's a different level. It's a, it's a yeah. different level with that. Yeah, I would just, I'm just pointing at it saying like, okay, here's an example of where like, okay, Tony's not a hundred percent risk averse to something like this. You know what I mean? Um, not even close, but you know, we'll see if he, if he's willing to take that one. Cause yeah, that one, and that one doesn't make any fucking sense because I just, for all the talent that Riddle has shown and for being as popular as he was on the Indies and stuff, I don't know that we've seen marketable like proof of him as a, difference maker draw you know what i mean i just oh, oh yeah it's it's never really been a thing because like the thing that was probably the catapult to that got side got you know got thrown got taken off the rails because orton got hurt right and then like riddle missed time for like whatever like other shit riddle had going on so like there was a point in time where rk bro was clearly the most over thing on the television so yeah like that's the one thing I would say about that, but otherwise, you know, you just got rid of CM Punk. I think that you hiring a rapist would look extremely weird, so I doubt that would happen. But he's the yes. only person that would even really make any sense, like at sure. all. Otherwise, like this round of like this round of cuts. I mean, like Dolph Ziggler, uh. Yeah, if it was like, even like a one-off sort of appearance thing, it was probably sure. it was probably cool. It's probably cool, but not definitely not a guy worth signing or anything. Uh, Dolph is interesting because I feel like I like for a long time was like kind of sort of a Dolph like Dolph apologist because I do genuinely think that from like two thousand, I'm, I'm trying to remember when like when he debuts with like the Dolph Ziggler gimmick. Okay, is that too like two thousand nine? Um, it honestly might be even earlier than that, but it's it's not much. Like I, can't tell I don't think I don't think it's oh eight. It could be oh eight. I'm not sure, but like from let's just say like oh nine, I guess to up around, I I give him like 2016, 2017. Like I think the guy is like a really 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 good wrestler. For yeah, the most part, two, like it says debut as Ziggler two thousand eight. So yeah, two thousand eight. Okay, yeah. So like from the Mysterio feud up until about like twenty seventeen, I think the guy is like a really, really, really good wrestler for the most part. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, he was good even before that. You know, like he was, he he was, was good. good. Just yeah. just thinking of like that particular run is, sure. I think he's a great wrestler at that at, 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 like for like for a while, and then 
after that, you know, the bloom, like, you know, like things start to really, really fall apart. And that's where things take a complete nosedive by that point in time. But I really enjoyed him for a long, long time. And like, he's a guy where I feel like as far as like in our circles, he's looked upon like pretty negatively at this point in time. But I I really I really did enjoy him for a good for a really good stretch. So um I have nothing negative to say about Dolph. You know, the last five or so years, he's still there and definitely not as good as he once was. But I don't really have anything negative to say about the guy. And he was there for such a fucking long time and just did a lot and really ultimately another uh, he was a, he was a victim to the desire to push Roman Reigns as the lead babyface and everyone talks about Brian or uh or Moxley but uh Dolph was a victim of that as well and I will vividly remember watching that 2014 Survivor Series and that sort of performance he gave on there and being in that sort of like that Shawn, that Shawn Michaels sole survivor role and how much the audience was like eating out the palm of his hands and you follow that up with the Intercontinental title stuff with Luke Harper and he really was that hot and he was that hot a couple different times and that's not even going back to like 2013 or you can even fast forward to 2016 with the uh, with uh there was a triple. Isn't there a triple H match? Like him and Triple H or something or something like that in 2016. I'm pretty sure they do. They uh, did that on TV. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, man. It's he, he's a guy that I, I don't. I'm not gonna vote him on GWE or something. I'm not saying he's one of the best wrestlers of all time, but I don't really have any anything negative to say about him. Like I don't think if he's in w, if he's not in WWE that he really has a future or that he wants a future yeah. wrestling if he's not in WWE. But nah, I I I really I really enjoy most most of his career. I don't got a bad thing to say about him at all. Doesn't have a place in the AW probably, but I don't gotta I don't I don't have any bad things to say about him. Yeah, in a different time, I think a territory system right would be better for him right now if there was something still like that. Um he's just so incredibly stale and overexposed from spending like 20 years. Um, in WWE, probably even longer, if we're being honest at this point. Um, but having been on TV, we just talked about since 2008, um, consecutively the entire time really being on TV, even before that, and the Spirit Squad, blah, blah, blah. Um, that, like, he's just too stale to have an extended run in an AEW. But if there was a way to cycle him in and out, as you said, and move him th- around. One of the bigger issues with him is he's just not a good enough talker to really help with any of that. So a tag team where he could, you know, be a veteran who's helping a younger guy along get better or something like that w- would help. But even still, then I think you would need to be having a way to be able to cycle him around, having him go to different places, do this and that, but coming back, you know, two, three months spirit sprints every now and then and just filling out the card having exciting matches and doing some like he'd be perfect for that role but you really don't have that luxury anymore with the way the wrestling landscape is it's like you got to be on AEW or that's it but i do look at like like johnny tv john morrison who i honestly relatively solid but like his spot that's like what ziggler's spot should be could be and i won't even say like oh he you know 
I was my first thought was God Ziggler should be there should have gotten that spot instead of Morrison and but like you really don't need both of them um I honestly don't even know if that's true like Morrison might be a better overall just because like I said he's just less stale at least Morrison has like done other stuff and been around and not just been on WWE TV for 20 years straight basically so either way um Ali is a weird one people are I you know you hear all different sides of the concept of like what do you what do you do with with him and oh he's the perfect fit or oh I don't see anything for him and Danielson really liked him and Danielson's got Tony's ear so obviously he's really going to be one that he's you know that they're going to bring in for sure all this and that and I just I guess it's all up in the air to me to see where that ends up we'll see what ends up happening with him um I have not seen a ton of, you know, relatively recent Ollie, so I can't speak to how good he is. There was a time where he was very, very good. I assume he could still go at a high level, but, you know, another one where it's like any kind of difference maker. I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to see. And another one where I say, if you can't figure out anything to do with Darby Allen, who's at this point a, this is crazy. This is almost crazy to say, like, a much more complete package superstar level talent for them than Ali is. If you can't do something with, with Darby Allen, other than continuously recycling him as the TNT champion challenger off and on, like, what are you really going to do with Ali? Like to be like completely honest, you know what I mean? Mm. Like I don't think there's any, any harm in signing him, but people would need to accept like, if he gets signed, it's not going to be like, more than likely, that much different of a position than he was in than he, than he was in WWE. He wouldn't be saddled with like really dumb gimmicks, but he just, he was he just like wouldn't be like in that much better of a position. So, would a New Japan be a thing for him? I don't know. Like if, if, if as New Japan sort of like sort of getting like getting back to his feet a little bit, is New Japan a possibility? I don't I don't know. But yeah, if any anyone that likes Ali, like it's just you know like being accepting of yeah if he does get signed it's not gonna be like coming in to be a star it's coming in you know right. and another being another guy which he, he just might be happier in AEW compared to not being happy in WWE and that might be like as simple as that but yeah it, it, it's just wouldn't expect Ali to come in and do anything of note maybe a few different title challenges him and Orange Cassidy would be really would be really cool you know I would like to see him get some get to do some stuff like that but Otherwise, I wouldn't be like getting my hopes up on Ali being super important anywhere else. For sure. Um, yeah. Bring in Ali and Maximum Male Models and have them challenge for the trios belts against whoever, you know, the Acclaimed or House of Black or whatever. Tons of fun. Right. Uh, but yeah, I just don't think uh, I just don't. Like I said, I just don't see how you look at Ali and say, oh, yeah, that guy's going to make a difference when this is a company that shows you that a guy in a similar role, who's a bigger star in Darby, just they got nothing really to do with him. Um, I'll. This is just a quick shout, just to call my shot. I think Riddick Moss, I think he ends up going to Noah, and I think it'll be absolutely sick because he's just a perfect fit in Noah, and he's the kind of guy that they've been booking and bringing in. If he continues wrestling, which I hope he does, because I've always been a fan of Riddick Moss, even back in the developmental days. Um like, I just think he's immensely talented, has a great look, all that stuff. He's had a pretty good run in WWE. And if he was smart with his money, he probably he could actually just stop wrestling and probably not get into it anymore. I think I've heard, seen interviews and stuff that he's actually a fan of wrestling. 
um, which would make sense with like that he is solidly good and seems to be into it. Um, so like maybe he will continue on with it. But I think a guy who a lot of people there are people who I think give him a fair shake and say like actually pretty talented and they get it. But I think a lot of other people write him off as, you know, just a WWE, you know, uh, meathead. They just signed him to be in developmental. He doesn't know anything about anything, and he's just going through the motions. But I think if you have been paying attention, he's actually relatively talented and pretty charismatic, really, for that kind of guy. Uh, I I assume you don't have any other thoughts on anybody else. Um, I don't know who else got released. That's think. fine. Um, uh, I'm, I'm actually sitting here trying to think of like who even got released. I cannot remember. Um, all right, from the people that we didn't mention, Shelton Benjamin oh, yeah. and Rick Boogs. Who? Rick Boogs, Boogenhagen. Fuck is that? He played guitar for Nakamura at one point, and uh, he was in NXT for a little while, but did very little. It's like nothing to him, man. I mean, he's a, a competitive power lifter type guy. He's in good shape and stuff. He's goofy, you know, but nothing. Nothing there, really. Rick Boogs? Um, there's a fucking eastbound and down character? What's going on here? Basically, sounds like it. He's got the most, you know, uh, NXT name that they got going on at the moment. Um, All right, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> whatever. Well, okay, on the other side, a uh, WWE cutting all these talent, but they are bringing in a couple talent. Brian Pillman Jr., he got a vignette. Um, don't care. Really do not care. I saw something in him very early on and never saw anything else from him. Is and he going to, he's going to NXT. He's going to NXT. Okay. Uh, they did a vignette that really seemed to be showing him because it was like a you know a TV playing highlights and he's skipping through the channels and it's like the Bengals tryout for the NFL. Then it's WCW yeah. and then it, it showed like a ho- like a film you know for like the Hollywood Blondes or whatever. So clearly it seemed like that was that's the yeah. uh, that's the you know that's the Pillman Junior thing. We'll see. I mean maybe WWE can make it work. But I doubt it. Um, yeah. And then the big one that you already mentioned, and that is the one to actually talk about here, Jade Cargill, leaving AEW and showing up in WWE officially announced. I mean, yeah, Quentin, give your thoughts. What do you think about, about Jade and all this? Um, I'm not sure. This is a thing where I'm going to want to wait for like some time to see how this really plays out because there's two ways this could go. And I feel like either way reflects poorly on AEW. It's either you didn't give Jade, it's either you didn't give Jade enough time and you dropped the ball and she goes over there and like becomes like a really big star or is Jade goes over there and she's still not very good. And it's like, well, if you knew that she wasn't good, why'd you, why did you keep wasting so much time? Like, so I'm not sure which one it is right now, because if you recall, like we would come on here and be really confused as to why Jade wasn't wrestling more when we would like go through like pay-per-views and stuff like that and review her matches is, how come Jade still isn't wrestling? So this is going to be interesting. 
and I'm super duper fascinated by the by the direction in which this goes. Um because this is like in terms of an AEW talent, like a this is an AEW AEW grown person. This is like Pillman's whatever. Like who fucking cares, right? He was also doing indies and shit before AEW, like whatever. But like this is like a real actual important person to AEW, or like was like presented to be an important person that is now gone, and the first person they really try to push as like one of their people. So I'm really fascinated, fascinated in the direction in which this goes. I'm not sure how much I like this fit or how fruitful I think this will be. Like, I do think Jade can get better. And I think that like, just on, pre- on a presentation level, she presents herself so great that she's going to fit in right away. There's definitely going to be a thing, though, where I'm not sure how, like, the match output is going to be there, especially if we're going from working the AEW Women's Division, which we can admit is has never been very good, to now going there, like, the WWE, where you have a little, you have, like, you, I'm not even going to say a little bit, like, it's, it's, you have some better stuff to work with for the most part of the most part there. And like probably some higher responsibilities than they give the women in AEW. I'm I'm curious. Are they gonna go the route of protecting Jade a lot too and making sure she doesn't get super, super uh, overexposed? Are we gonna see sides of Jade that we didn't know existed? I don't know, but this is a really really fascinating case here and. Something that either way it goes probably just won't be a good look for AEW. Yeah. I I have to agree with you on that. Although, I mean, everyone kind of said the same thing for Cody, right? And that, oh, this is going to be important to WWE. They're not going to fuck this up because they really need to show AEW wrestlers that they can come and even different kinds of AEW wrestlers that they can come to WWE and will be treated, you know, seriously and blah, blah, blah. And they have a chance and all this and that. And like the more time goes on, the more it's just like, I mean, yeah, they did a quick, they built him up. You know, there was the injury, whatever that, that definitely didn't help. But like, then he's just like, he's there. He's treated as a star, but he's just there. And he definitely does not feel like he's going to ever, they're going to ever really pull the trigger and make him a top, top guy there. He's always just going to be that, you know, upper, upper, upper mid card, basically right below main eventer level kind of guy is where I see him at now. Um, So to say like, oh, this is, you know, this is going to only look bad for AEW. It's like, no, WWE can figure out a way to, you know, step on their own dick and make themselves look stupid here. Um, and it's, you know, it's very possible that they are going to be able to pull that off. I can't imagine really how, but, you know, I'm not going to be surprised when they do, because that's just what they do. They're really bad at this stuff, man. They, they make all this stuff like just fucking suck, even though they're hot right now. Like so much of the stuff is boring and shitty. Still, it's like it's just weird that they're popular. Um, but I can't say that I completely disagree with your overall thesis and your thoughts there. Um. I an interesting thing to see will be like Jade's attitude. How much of the way that she was presented was attitude and how much of it is not? Is she going to be 
Talk about, is she going to be protected? Is she going to be okay with not being protected? Is she going to lose clean and still be, you know, ha- put the same amount of effort in and, and try to work hard, all this and that? Like, I guess we'll have to find out. Um, right. You know, like how much, how much is being on the road possibly going to be better, like for her as a wrestler, as opposed to the way that AEW was doing it with like so much more like training and they say like that's the way you get better is wrestling right and it was always weird that it was like why don't they have her fucking wrestle more and if she's just on the full wwe schedule which is not as heavy as it used to be because there's not as much house shows and stuff like that but she's just really out there wrestling regularly will it make a big difference you know there's a good chance it will um so yeah i mean you kind of talked about that and and how important and integral she was. I mean, when I was going to the first AEW show that they ran in Los Angeles, I mentioned that when I was talking about it. Like, she feels like a big enough part of what is the AEW show that I was like, if they don't have her on the show, it will definitely feel like a letdown. Like, she's part of the act of what you expect at an AEW show. And she became that. And then they like phased her out so much to where she kind of like disappeared, but it was never really because of her, which is another part that's like kind of frustrating about the whole thing. Like they just like phased her out and whatever, but she was always staying incredibly over. And no matter what people say about her matches and how bad she is and all this stuff, like she was always engaging and over like, fuck, like it's just, I don't know. It's just confusing. Like I'm not saying, Oh, she was a great wrestler, but I am saying like, she was always a star and like, Good enough. Like, you know, like it's it's confusing. Like that's I'm like I feel like anyone that's trying to sit there and like have like an actual concrete opinion on this is being completely dishonest. I don't think we know yet. I think just straight up we don't yeah. know because it's impossible to know because of what the situation was. Like she wrestled super infrequently, but and you and you might say that like the quality of her wrestling, like didn't improve a ton in the last like two or three years, right? But I can't say that there's that many times in which I thought that she was outright bad. And she also remained super over. So I don't know what the truth is with Jade. I don't know what right. the outcome of this will be. I don't know if AW will have egg on their face because Jade turned into like a fucking great worker and even bigger star. Or if it's gonna look like, man, Jade fucking sucks. Why did AW spend so much time like building her up, build, building her up? I don't know which direction this is going to go. And I think that anyone like acting as if they do would just like not be like not being honest. Like there's, we don't know yet. So like, I feel like this is going to be interesting. And like, I don't trust like WWE when it comes to pushing anybody. So like Jade could come in and they could like push her initially. And then she's right back to not having a storyline or they, or they have her fucking, uh, feuding with 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 nikki cross or some shit like like like, that's that could be how this stuff goes so i don't so i don't know you know ultimately you're still you're still going to wwe a place that isn't super reliable in terms of pushing anybody so that could fall wayside too even for reasons that aren't that aren't her fault jade could get better as a wrestler and still like not really be super successful in wwe we really have no clue how this will go but Either way, it just it just looks really weird for AEW. Like, no matter any lens you look at it from, it just looks incredibly odd. Yeah, I mean, this is part of the 
the weird world of wrestling, basically, <laughs> you know, especially when you've got two promotions that are competing in this way and you've got a talent like this, that's we talked and we both, we both said it in our, in our kind of breakdown of, of Jade. It's like, there is an intangible there that is something. There's a spark there that is something. And it is like, okay, who, who's able to harness it properly. And the, the, the worst part about this is that in the, you know, hundreds of years old history of wrestling that me and you have spent a ton of time reviewing and talking about and watching and getting into and all this, like, this is like the worst possible time to really see someone actually take it, take advantage of this. I mean, throughout the history of wrestling, there's been so many better promoters, bookers, whatever you want to call them, that could take advantage of something, someone like this. And right now we've got the two major companies in, in America are really fucking bad at this stuff. Like, just honestly, like, it's very rare. And I, this is probably like, sounds crazy to a lot of people, but like, it is very rare in, you know, 2023, 2000, from 2020 to 2023, and you could say pandemic, whatever, this and that, that either of the major companies in the U.S., the booking and the storylines actually make someone enhance the, the caliber of a talent, like in both companies, if we're being completely honest. Like, for the most part, the biggest, best talent are like... They're they're they are the best and they have the 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 best storylines and are the most intriguing and interesting when the booking is like hands off, they're taking care of their own stuff, or like they're just like you know being left to their own devices and no one's paying attention. And then otherwise, when it's like hands-on and the bookers and, and promoters are doing a ton of like the you know the input and the, the writers and all that, they make the fucking acts worse. They make them you know, more annoying. They make them stilted. They make them, you know, not as good. You don't like them as much. all that kind of stuff. It's just like, it's crazy, but like, really, this is the worst possible time to really get a sense of, to see something like that. And who knows, like in any other era, maybe someone like Jade just doesn't ever even get into wrestling, right? Because she has no drive for it and just does not become interested in it. But, uh, you know, in this era she does, but unfortunately she then has to deal with the fact that like, they're not going to help her. They're not going to do her any favors. And like the Danielson connection maybe felt like it was going to help because he's just so smart and so good. But like, I guess there was just not, it just didn't work. He was focusing too much on the mechanics and the in-ring and not really talking to her about the psychology and the character stuff or something because yeah, like Tony is just, you know, obviously Tony's issue is the stop start stuff and kind of like, just losing focus and doing the headcanon thing. And then WWE, obviously we all know the issues there. Like it's just, it's impossible. Like the, the subtlety hammer, as people say, the stilted nature of everything, stuff just not being presented realistically, not being presented like it's wrestling, the tongue in cheek, all that kind of stuff. Right. So it's just like, neither one of these companies is really going to get the most out of Jade that, that really could happen in a wrestling context. But, uh, Either way, Quentin, if you have any other thoughts on this, we can uh, move on. No, nah, I'm good. Um, I will say something we didn't talk about before. <laughs> before that, I probably should mention. Uh, so, my mom actually like recently got a surgery done a couple days ago. So, oh, uh, everything's good. She's back home and everything. But that does mean I have to get up earlier to take my sisters to school. So. I don't like. I, I completely forgot that aspect of things as we were as, as we were preparing to do this podcast. So that's my fault. But 
since we did, since we got out, got that out the way, we really only have the New Japan show to talk to talk about. Uh, I just want to get get into it and maybe not do yeah. the whole review thing because we know how New Japan shows are. So there's not like a ton to necessarily say, but obviously, like I just have some abbreviated time because I do have to be up earlier than I usually than I usually have to be. Sure, that's a a good point, and uh, you know we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how we do moving forward. The show the show is going to be a little rocky and possibly shorter episodes moving forward um yeah so we did this new japan show i was going to actually give you some shit and just say like you said let's do this new japan show and it felt like you were going along the path of exactly what i said was not what we're going to do with aew anymore which is just review the shows just to review them and this kind of feels like that because this i mean this is not peak new japan (laughs) i mean this is just Mm -hmm. this is not the peak new japan anymore this is like not to say like, oh, I'm so upset or whatever, but like, yeah, this is not worthwhile even to like review a bunch of, to talk a bunch about. There's a ton of just filler stuff here and things that I just really don't care about, you know? That's that's, that's totally fair. I think that like for me is like, I can say the same thing about reviewing like whatever like West Coast Pro Show of the Week. <laughs> so like, this sure. is just like, okay, like this seems like there's like, good enough wrestling on here like not like the most super interesting stuff in the world because again like at this point 2023 like if you care about new japan booking like i don't i, don't, I wouldn't understand you like i don't know i think there's things that like are interesting that we can talk that we can talk about but otherwise that's for the most part it's not it's not it's not an interesting company in terms of uh booking or whatever right now so i just like saw some interesting matches on here the matches i thought were solid and the stuff I thought looked solid still wound up like being pretty good. I thought, and like I can talk with talk about the, like talk the main event first since you know we're a little short on time. And I wonder what you think about this. I loved Osprey and Yodosuji. Like yeah. I thought this fucking rocked. I we already talked about Yodosuji and being sold on him after the Sonata match, and obviously he had like he had a pretty good G one too, but. He's so fucking good, dude. He's really, 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 really good. Um, not quite. Like, obviously, like, I think if you, he he has like as like kind of like really good qualities that like Kazusada Higuchi has, but obviously, like, turns it like turn like has like more of like the Nakamura look, whatever going on with him. So he makes him super interesting. And he does mix in more like flying stuff and trying to be like the big flying heavyweight, but I don't think it really like takes away from his matches or anything. I still think he can still be, I think he can still be a big menacing uh, monster or big imposing figure when the time calls for it. But I love this match. I love Yoda Suji's. I mean, like I love his, I love his moves. I love the moves he does. I love the way that he does them. Um, I love like how like how good he looks when he when he when he does them. I love the bumping and the selling that he can give here. Uh I even really like the sort of fighting spirit thing down the stretch. And I felt unique to how other people do how other people do those fighting spirit things down the end down the end of matches where Osprey's getting up to do the uh off with your head elbow and Yoda Suji's walking him down into the corner. And Osprey looks sort of intimidated by it, and but then eventually he goes through and hits the elbow and uh, finishes off the match. But even then, it's sort of like a unique take on that type of spot. 
And Yoda Suji does it really well in a way that particularly fits him and how he comes across. So I think Yoda Suji is nailing this out of the park right now. And, you know, as a wrestler, I can't really like, there's like, I, I have so many really great things to say about Will Ospreay and how he like delivers in these spots with guys like this for the most part. Um, I think it's way better than the show to show the amino match for what it's worth. But um yeah, man, Osprey in a spot like this like really, really impressed me. Uh and he just looks like the best wrestler in the world. Like, I know there's always this debate and like been like this for the last few years of who the best wrestler in the world is. And Will Ospreay's been in this conversation for people for however long now. And it gets tiring and ad nauseum. Some people are Will's one of the best wrestlers ever and this and that and all that stuff. So like Will Praise can feel like a little can feel like a bit much sometimes, especially if you're not a fan of him or don't like the guy for a, a myriad of reasons. But this 28 minute match with Yoda Suji did not feel like 28 minutes, and I just had a blast watching it. I'm not acting like there's like it's the most substantive stuff there. It's not really based on a ton of great selling or anything like that, but it like it really is a ton of super great action and both guys uh, just do that shit super well. So I'm very happy with this match. I thought this was really good. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I have to agree with basically everything you say there. I think a big part of it, um, and obviously both of us, I think are going really hard on Yoda Suji. And a big a main reason for that is because he's the less least proven commodity. And I think it's probably pretty easy for people on the you know pro will camp to 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 dismiss and just say like yeah Osprey can carry anybody and that's why he's been doing this and he can make people look better than they are this and that but Yoda Suji was every bit in here and I think a big a big showing piece of that that I think can get overlooked especially if you have not been following closely is just how dynamic and how much Yoda Suji's style and presentation has changed over the course of his short career, albeit at this point, um, that really makes it clear just like a lot of the stuff that you were saying about him and the way that he wrestles and the things that he's doing fit the character that he's presenting here in the way that he's presenting himself and 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 the physicality is completely different than how he's been in the past. Um, and it just shows again that it, like it's not just Will, it's also him, like specifically, because if he was just being carried, he would just be doing the same thing that he's ever done, but he's not. Um, it's kind of like compare it to he had a very similar ish kind of run in his excursion in Rev Pro to Great Ocon. And you compare it there where Great Ocon was doing the Great Ocon character there. And it really felt like, oh, he's not going to continue this on in Japan. And then he showed up in Japan doing it. And it was like, oh, that's weird because no one really saw that coming. Um, and then he's adapted over time since then. Yoda Suji was presented very differently um, in Rev Pro. Like I said, it was like more of a similar kind of storyline and everything that was going on in RevPro than what he's doing now. Um, because even though when you look at him compared to Will, who was a junior heavyweight, um, he's not necessarily much bigger. He does come across like a bigger monster type here. Um, and he brings that physicality to even stuff like you said, is walking Will down into the corner. Um, the facial expressions, the just the way that he carries himself as a larger man. And you watch him in RevPro, and he did never came across like a monster. He came across big, powerful, strong, but even 
on the UK indies wrestling much, much smaller people, he really did not present himself this way as such a dominant figure um, in the same way that he's been doing here in New Japan. And you would think, like I said, naturally, it would go the opposite way because on the UK indies, he's actually wrestling people that are much smaller. And then in New Japan, he's wrestling people that are closer to his same size, but he's able to wrestle and present himself so much larger. Um, and that's, again, like I say, just speaks to the quality of wrestler that he is so quickly. Um, obviously, phenomenal. Osprey was really good in here. Um, you talked about kind of the New Japan booking and, oh, this and that. But, like, one thing that I think helps them is the factions. And people like to make fun of faction warfare stuff sometimes. But it really does help when you're in a down period like this. And the booking and the storylines and the things are just kind of whatever that, like, the backgrounds and the factions and the connections are really just a cheat code to have some of this stuff kind of make sense um, a little bit more and just have like a through line between matches, um, even if there's not much more depth to it there. At least, you know, like these guys wear the same colors and they're on the same team. So that's why it kind of makes sense. And you've got the three main events, the big the three top matches, all having um, members of the United Empire taking on members of uh of lij right so it just like kind of helps with that booking kind of give you a narrative through line through the matches so that kind of stuff is like okay yeah like is it the most like thought-provoking in-depth no it's not but it's something and it's again that's more than just <laughs> repetitive open challenges over and over again right um so yeah i just uh, wanted to shout that out as you talked about the booking and stuff um I don't know what else you want to talk about. Naito and Cobb before this was was solid, um, but I think Cobb has proven to be really great at this role. Um, don't know that he'll ever get a bigger shot in New Japan, but really good as this kind of guy and just has, really getting to the point where you just say, has amazing chemistry with every main eventer in New Japan. Like, yeah. you know, that's where you start going like, okay, there's something, it's not just oh, every time he gets to wrestle these great guys, they're able to like have good matches with him. It's like, no, every time he's wrestling them, he's has something special with them because of how good he is. Yeah, it's like, almost feels like he's kind of like effectively fit, like replaced what they used Fale for. And like, it, like in like Fale was like, the, the main eventers were still able to get like pretty good matches out of Fale for the most part. But obviously like Jeff Cobb is much better than Fale. So when you, uh, insert Cobb into this slot of being like, oh, like this is a guy who will get like a, who will get like a win on the, who get like a win on the eventual winner of the G one, or will pin the IWGP champ in a in a tag match and get a title shot or whatever. Like Cobb is a really really good guy for that role. So yeah, this might not turn into anything more for him. Even like holding like another like a secondary title, I would like to see Cobb get one of those titles and everything. But like. If he's sort of in that role where he is the, he can be like the monster of the month for whatever story they're telling for their main event, for their main event guys, like I'm not mad at that role, you know, like guy, like, like that's, that's a really good role for him. He's like stepped up to it really, really well. So solid, solid match. Uh, I, I liked it maybe a little bit more than you, it sounds like. I'm not saying it was great or anything, but. Sure. I'm, I really do enjoy Cobb in this role. And like, if you're upgrading from Fale to Cobb, that's like <laughs> a really, really good thing. Yeah. It's a huge one. Yeah. We're probably close. This, the, the Shing or uh, 
yeah, Shingo and Great Okan, I was a little bit more disappointed in, but I, I liked like Naito and Cobb more than that. But yeah, I just Okan is a guy who I was really high on and still think that there's something there, but like this is not the qual the level of match that I want to see you having with Shingo for me to really believe in you. And Shingo obviously is fucking great at being Shingo, but just it was just kind of a bog standard match and i just think if if i'm going to consider you a really good wrestler you got to be having knockout matches with shingo because there's not you know there's just it's that easy he's so good that it's pretty easy to have a great match with him so i don't know if you had any thoughts yeah i was kind of in the same boat i was like really like uh put off by shingo and okan because i expected this to be a lot better than it was so i don't know if it was uh, card placement, that's not only a, stru- a structural thing, whatever, but I really was thrown off by this match and I was a little disappointed by it. So hopefully they run it, they run they run it back, or the next time we see these two face each other, they have something better because they've done that before in the past too. Like they've had better encounters with each other. So yeah, I like you know was disappointed, was disappointed by this, but I hope the next time they see each other that there's uh, it's a little bit better. Um, what did you think of uh, Bishamon versus uh, TMDK? Because I, I I thought this was I thought it was very fun, but I'm not sure if you like were as high on it as I was. I I liked it quite a bit. I like both these teams quite a bit, but I think Bishamon is just there's absolutely no like sex appeal to the Bishamon team on paper. Um, <laughs> really, really a team that you just like because because you're a sicko who knows how good they are. You know yeah. what I mean. And that's the only thing. And then what they they basically have to every time go out there and like win win you over, but they always do just because of how solid they are. Like really, just quietly over the past few years, building this case of being just a, a fucking great tag team. Who, but like I said, like because they just they're just a couple of mid card slubs who you don't really think much of at this point. Even though Goto has been great for as long as he was, and all this just felt really like stale and and tired and, and Yoshihashi had that like stink of being a loser for so long and then has quietly became good that yeah like it's it's really easy to to expect oh oh god it's Bishamon who could possibly care unless you like remember like no every time I say that then they have a great match and I really get into it you know so like yeah I just I I I thought this was tons of fun um I really do like TMDK quite a bit they're not at the heights of the best that they ever were as far as I'm a fan of them but they're still getting there um, some of the wild chaotic nature of some of the stuff that they're doing was good. Um, I think that the TMDK like faction is working out really well. And I did have kind of some thoughts on the overall TMDK thing that I wanted to to talk about a bit, maybe in the context of like the the Zach tag match. Um, but uh, but yeah, what what did you have any other thoughts on on this one on Bishimon? Uh no, we we're we're we we're, we're good. We can go ahead and transition to uh uh, uh Bad Utito and Zach versus uh Okada sure. and Ishii then. Yeah, fuck Sho and Taichi. I, I, I really hate yeah, no, that. Yeah, that was terrible fucking, yeah. I mean, Kanemaru yeah. part of House of Torture now. I, I, oh, I, God. I know. That's that's just another good wrestler being wasted in a fucking bad unit. And it does. So, it, so, so, the so, only so, thing. So are, are, we, are we back to it being just four guys? That's the only funny thing coming out of it. What do they do? I, you know, does is uh, Yuya Yamura going to join just five guys and make it five again? That would be the yeah, like, like possible. Like, they're, like, they're down to four, so that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's very funny that they, yeah, that that whole thing is just yeah. That's the only thing coming out of it that even matters. Um, but yeah, Saber Tito versus Chaos of uh, Okada and Tomohiro Ishii. This I thought was really really good as a 
kind of a setup tag, what you would think of. Um, but really more my point is like Zach, Zach's placement in wrestling, um, TMDK as a faction, especially in comparison to the United Empire, I find very interesting. And the ending show angle. Um, so it's kind of like a bigger picture thing. I don't know if there's anything else on this card that I really want to talk about. The only other shout that I want to make is just Kevin Knight. Like, um, I think Kevin Knight is on track to being the, the guy. He's just obviously has something there. He's phenomenal. He's over and he's incredibly talented. And I just think like it's time to start paying attention for anybody who's not. Um, but yeah, you've got Zach headlining Wrestle Dream against Brian Danielson, like coming up this weekend. AEW pay-per-view that I didn't even realize is this weekend, but it is. Um, you've got Zach here wrestling Okada and Ishii in Japan doing all the shit that me and you saw Zach say that he was going to do. The same shit that that the coward said he was going to do for the rest of his career. Never be a you know sellout to the WWE bullshit lifestyle. Always be a pure pro wrestler like the olden days. Right. Um, and Zach is actually living that life. And you hear people, you see people talk about, oh, Zach turned down the WWE contract because he wanted to do coke too bad, too much. He just wanted to keep doing drugs, right? And partying. And it's like, yes, but in the sense that that's the ethos of the renegade outlaw pro wrestler. It's not, I don't believe that the issue is Zach Sabre Jr. has a substance abuse problem, right? What I believe is that Zach wants to be the kind of wrestler who can do whatever the fuck he wants and doesn't have to worry about a drug test because he doesn't work for a major, you know, fucking now a conglomerate gigantic corporation that's on the fucking world, the stock exchange, right? He wants right. to be a pro wrestler and he's damn good at it. And he's carved out a niche where he is like, you know, an old style gaijin who spends time in Japan and can do whatever the fuck he wants. And then main events, a big time pay-per-view in the U S against the greatest wrestler of all time. And him and the TMDK ethos of them saying, like, TMDK doesn't have a leader, right? And TMDK has, like, guys from all over the place. It's like a multicultural unit of men who say that they don't have a leader. There's a lot of, like, you know, Oceana influence, but there's also Zach, who's from England. You got Bad Dude Tito now, who's from the U.S. They've got um, uh, Kosei Fuchida, who's, like, Japanese, who's their young boy, but he's just treated like part of the group, even though he's a young boy, right, and all that. Um, as opposed to the United Empire, which I think is a subtle part of the United Empire that had never really hit me much until like really recently, is like that Osprey is the leader. He represents Great Britain. It's called the United Empire. And then everybody else in his unit is from like a country that was colonized, you know, like countries that are colonized by the British Empire. And it's the oh, United Jesus Empire <laughs> that he's the leader of. Have you like oh my had that God. ever crossed your mind? Oh my god. <laughs> so like Will Will is too stupid to realize that, but it's almost kind of perfect that he's that kind Holy of idiot. Shit. <laughs> that would be the leader of this colonized faction. Oh um my and god. then yeah, you're building up this this match between them in England. Um it's just it's very interesting. But yeah, that was kind of all the stuff that I hit. So I don't know, Quentin, you have any thoughts on any of that? Uh, <laughs> um yeah, wow. Um, I do like the contrast, whatever you put in that between TMDK and uh, the United Empire, and kind of like what Zach's role in wrestling is. Um, so I thought that was uh, all very poignant, but 
you pointing that out to me about the United Empire yes. being led by the guy who's from the country that colonized all these other places. I, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, when I thought of it, I felt kind of stupid that it had never crossed my mind before. But even like Aussie Open, like even Australia is a fucking British colony. You know what I mean? Like even the white guys are fucking colonized by by England. So it's just like Jesus. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, that's all. Uh, that's all I got. Then uh, you mentioned uh, Kevin Knight. I echo your Kevin Knight sentiments. Uh, being like, uh, like liking him. Uh, but I think that's about it for 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 me for me though uh like i said like the stuff the stuff on here that um the stuff on here that we mentioned like i really i did enjoy so like not like the biggest like the biggest to write home about i'm not gonna pretend that like this stuff is like super interesting in a booking capacity other than like yoda suji or even like tmdk like you mentioned like in like their place with stuff but like the matches that i mentioned i thought were like still pretty solid uh and and i don't regret my time watching the show or whatever so that's it there. Um, I don't know. Did you have anything else that you want to hit on? Yes. Thank you for reminding me. I should just like plug the other show now. Check out yeah, the other podcast I've been doing. Um, it's called Heat Death of the Universe. I think you could find it on most places. Uh, Heat Death Pod. Um, it's more like news and politics and getting into a bunch of weirdness um, and having me <laughs> having me make like a, a the turf argument for um, basically dissolving gender as a concept and and just uh, switching into if you're cool you're a dude and if you suck you're a chick um, as the the kind of the gender accelerationist take um, which luckily seems to be what the conservatives are are building on their own so uh, I don't don't really have they they'll do the work for us um, but either way check that out heat death pod um, heat death of the universe new episodes coming out weekly at the moment um, but that's it for me you can follow me um on twitter still at roh dutch and uh quentin you can do your normal thing uh you can follow me on twitter at qt underscore moody i don't usually plug the battle rap stuff on here but uh if you're interested in what and reading some of my reviews or whatever you can head to less talk battle or follow ltbr podcast on twitter and you can uh find some of the stuff and reviews that i work on and everything over there uh I don't got anything like quippy or quick to say. Apparently, uh, Bailey is uh, upstairs whining. I gotta go figure out what that's about. But I'll go handle that. Thank you all for listening. And I'll be here next time. You may be in me less hard, but to quit my job. When I take it, that's just how you gotta do. I'ma take that, that's why I keep calling you Diamond boy, why you so shiny? Diamond boy, gon' get behind me, Wario Diamond boy, your life's so blinding Blind me Baby, if it's old, they tell me Am I saying too much? And baby, if it's old, they tell me Am I saying too much? Oh, did it tell me?